Real business owners telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show. All right. Listen, I hope everybody's ready for a podcast. Um, want a favor from you. Launch a new website, davidtab.net. Uh, that's David, T-A-B's and boy, and then another B's and boy, in case you didn't know how to spell my last name. Um, so I want your input. Take a look. Uh, tell me what you think, things you like, things you don't like, things you would like added. Uh, I'm always up for input, good and bad. So just do me a favor. After you listen to this, uh, take a look, davidtab.net. Give me your feedback. Also, at the end, we got a sponsor. Listen up. My boy Rob's got some good stuff going on. Does some insurance. Good sponsorship. Uh, real quality guy. So make sure at the end you listen to his spot and check him out. See what he has to do. I hope everybody enjoys the podcast. Here we go. All right. So it's time for another podcast. It is. What's up, Dave? What's up? We got my man Jeff here from uh, Palm Shores Bistro. Yes, sir. And beautiful Palm Shores, Florida. Palm Shores, Florida, which is... What a nice river view, right, Dave? Which river is that? I have no idea. That is the Indian River. So, yeah, you have a great view over here. Absolutely. You can sit sit here, have some lunch, have some breakfast, have some dinner, and you have a great view of the river. Right? Absolutely. All right, so let's get into this because the first thing we like to do is I like to hear the story. I want to know, like... What were you doing before Palm Shores Bistro? What led you into this industry? What you like? Like, give us the whole the whole kit and caboodle story. Okay, so of I, you, I grew up in the restaurant business. Where at? New Jersey. Okay. Parents were always in the more of the delicatessen business, uh, bagels, appetizing stuff like that. Not okay. really a full restaurant, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I grew up in that. Um, my brother's in the bagel business in Chicago. Okay. Has two big bagel stores in Chicago. Does really well. Okay. I told you about my brother and yep. the whole thing going on with yep. him with Marcus Lemonis and stuff right. like that. Right. Going to be on The Profit. One of my favorite shows. Going to be on The shows. Profit. Yep. yep. So he's doing real well. And um, as far as this goes, I actually moved out to Chicago with my brother in 08, in 09. Kind of didn't work out. Um, you know, kids didn't want to go and stuff like that. Came mm-hmm. back here, saw this piece of property in late 09 when I came back. Friends of mine owned it. Okay. And they said, hey, why don't we put like a little bistro diner here? So there we go. We started to build that. And here we are now. It'll be eight years on August 4th. But before I did open this, I want to mention I opened a over 55 community in, in Vieira West, uh, which is called Heritage Isle. So I did all the food and beverage there. Okay. Um, sold that. Well, management moved out of there. So we moved out. Yeah. And came here. And this is what we did after... After we moved out of uh, yeah. Heritage Isles. But, yeah, it's been successful. Eight years, August 4th. Yeah. And um, it's in my blood. That's all I do, buddy. I mean, I'm a food guy. I'm a catering guy. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. But it's right. Your, even your truck says we love catering. Oh, uh, we love to cater. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We love catering. So, yeah, we try to brand that name. We try to brand the logo, as you can mm-hmm. see on my shirt and the sign outside. So we do try to brand that logo. It's all over our trucks. We have on, on uh, one of the, the people that work here. It's on her truck as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's what it's all about. It's branding. So if you can brand that and say, hey, I saw that truck. Where's that restaurant? Then they see the sign outside on US 1. Yeah. And they stop. And the biggest thing is getting them in the restaurant. Because once they get in the restaurant and taste the food, they're going to come back. Not bragging on my food, but I buy good stuff. No. I've never had any restaurant tell me. I just, well, I use good stuff. 
Yeah. I eat here three times a day. I mean, I figure if I'm going to buy the groceries every week, I'm going to eat here. Right. I'm not going to go. Well, it's funny because I eat at a couple of places, but it, really I eat here breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because so. you're here all the time, Because I'm here all the time, too. You know, being yeah. a restaurateur, I mean, <laughs> as you know, a lot of us, we are here. We are married to the business. Yep. And, you know, when you're not here... But you just have not a lot of same. passion for this. I have a tremendous amount of passion. That's all I do. That's all I know. I love it. So what? So tell me about Palm Shores Bistro. What kind of food are you doing? Like, why? Why did you choose this type of concept, like the bistro concept, for this area? Because it wasn't here, Dave. <laughs> so <laughs> that type go. of stuff that I that's on there my right that type of yeah. stuff that's on my menu really mm-hmm. wasn't here. You know, just an example, we have a uh, sandwich on our menu called the Jersey Shore. So where I grew up in New Jersey, it was our Jersey Shore. It was... Um, you realize you're going to be talking, people are going to, you're going to say Jersey Shore and we're all going to think the fist pump in. Yeah, fist pump, do it, Jersey Shore. But no, it's yeah. not the TV show, it's oh, a sandwich. Okay. Got it, got it. So anyway, the sandwich consists of turkey, uh-huh. corned beef, what we call Russian dressing from the Northeast. A lot of people call it Thousand Island down here. Okay. Swiss cheese and coleslaw right on the sandwich. So it's our version, our Northeastern version of a sloppy Joe. You're yeah. thinking of a sloppy Joe where you're thinking of meat on a meat you know, sauce. Yeah, meat. Bun. So our version where I grew up is is that, and it's real sloppy, and that's a great seller here. That's one of our best sellers. That's on our lunch menu. Um, you can get it any time of the day, but it is sure. on our sandwich menu. Uh, for breakfast, something different. You're talking about why did I do this? Why are things yeah. on the menu? We do a Captain Crunch French toast, which is a conversation piece. We take the French toast, we dip it in egg, we pat it in Captain Crunch cereal, we deep fry it. It comes out. We make a uh, we, we we build it up in a plate. We put fresh berries on it, fresh banana, chocolate sauce, and whipped cream. So that's unbelievable too. That's a conversation piece. There's two items on the menu that you really had to be brought to Prom Shores because there was nothing like it. Our yeah, Ruben's no, fantastic. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. Um, what else can I tell you about the menu? Um, yeah, so you're pretty creative with this stuff. Yeah, I try to get You don't creative. just do traditional. No, you're no, like, no, no, I'm no, going to no. give some people something different, even Absolutely. though it's a bistro. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, um, you look at concepts and things like that. You could go around. It's typically kind of the same thing. So I could come here for breakfast, get some eggs and some pancakes. Right, but it's a little different. It's a little different because things on the menu you you won't see at, and I would never knock another restaurant. Yeah, you won't see it at a Denny's or an IHOP and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that we. Of course, you can come in. You get two eggs with sausage and and toast and potatoes. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, a lot of things on our menu are are very different, very creative, like you said. You know, little things like um, you know the shrimp we use, a little bit bigger. You know, a little Mm -hmm. nicer when you see it on a plate. So just little things like that. How did that, how did you get that into your philosophy? Okay, so and what I mean by that is I watch, I, you know, I represent a lot of restaurants, absolutely, right? and I've seen I represent good ones and I've seen some bad ones, man. I I've imagine. seen some real bad ones. I would right? imagine, but you know, that type of philosophy is kind of rarefied air. It's not a traditional philosophy. Restaurateurs are looking to man food cost. I can use quality ingredients, but man, I got to really watch that food cost. Where you're just like. You know what, man, if I use a little bigger shrimp, it costs me a right. little more, the, it's a little better, and that's, no and that's the way I think, and I'll tell you why that's the way I think, because we get constant compliments just on the shrimp from customers. Wow, look at impressive. They're big shrimp. You go to places, they're like little shrimp. So, yes, I like using better stuff, and my food cost is 3 or 4 or 5% traditionally more than the other restaurant guy. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. I want to put smiles on faces, Dave. That's what I want to do. And it's happening. And if it like costs I, a little money to do it, whatever. It costs me a little bit more, that's fine. They keep coming back, and we're in our eighth year, and that's very successful in a little mama-papa place because usually yeah. mama-papa places 
don't last two or three the years. Five right? year rule, man. If you can't, if you can make it past five years, you're okay. If you right. can't, yeah, most places so, fail within those five. And we've years. done a lot in here in those eight years. We've remodeled. We put in new furniture. Yeah. We've we've put in new kitchen equipment. We redid the kitchen flooring and stuff like that. So yes, we have done a lot. We put a lot of it, most of it, back into the business. When I was setting up, I was actually talking to your servers and telling them like it's impressive to watch because I can I can see where you've put money into the business. Sure. Just by the outside, just by the paint and the branding that you have, right. and, you know, designing those things. Because I drive around a lot, so I can I'm just a little observant. I can see those type of things. So let's a little bit about business, okay? Traditionally, like employees are the you know are staffing kind of the number one thing that absolutely right. What's number two for you? What's kind of that that other thing behind the staffing things like that? That's a, the biggest pain point or biggest kind of you know thing that you struggle with in the business. Number two, not number. Okay, one. well, so maybe this is a little employee, but I can say this is definitely number two. You know, getting the food out when you're busy in a timely manner, it's uh-huh. hot, it's fresh, it's going to the table. Ticket mm-hmm. times is very big to me. So I'm going to say that as number two, ticket okay. times. Okay. You know, because we are a breakfast, lunch, dinner place, but breakfast, lunch, you know, people have a meeting, they're from, you know, down the road in the office building, they got to get back. So getting the food out in a timely manner and, mm-hmm. and hot and making, it ha- making people smile and be happy, I would definitely say number two. So what are some things that you do to try and... You know, make sure that those ticket times stay. So I, w- I put that in kind of so that just quality ex- assurance. So just thing. an example, chicken at lunchtime, chicken probably comes on 75% of the menu. It comes yeah. on all the salads, a lot of chicken sold. Yeah. So, you know, I tell my guys, and they know in the back, you know, grill up 20 pieces of chicken. Yeah. 80%. Yeah. Put them right there on your grill, you have them. You, you get, get a salad, go. boom, boom. So we try to save time like that. Well, everything is put down fresh like I'm not going to put a burgers down but yeah, ch- yeah, chicken no. you can do you yeah. can make your salad bases and have them in the refrigerator so if you need a salad you grab the salad you put your toppings there's your chicken so things like that to save time so you put a lot of prep work in a lot of prep work right a tremendous amount of prep work so you're so you have do you have like how do you forecast that like I mean if you're making as the week gets later the bistro gets busier <laughs> So you so you just kind of understand the peaks and valleys. Yes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, whatever happens, happens. We'll be prepped for it. But yeah. we know going into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we better have refills and refills. Just example, green peppers, onions, tomatoes. Stuff has to be cut and ready in the walk-in cooler where we can just grab and go. We don't have time to cut to order. How big of a process is ordering for you? Uh, we order twice a week okay. from Cheney Brothers, which is a uh, big food club. Little shout out like to Cheney a Cisco thing. Little yep. shout out to Cheney. Right. We love Byron and Cheney and Dondi. So that's our I'm trying to get into Dondi. that food show. I heard that thing's amazing. It's fantastic. I, <gasps> can, I can get you in. We're in. I've been with them 20 years, so I can get you in. We're in. Dondi's a great guy. I want for uh, a week before that thing. We're, we're going. Yeah. We're going. Yeah. So... Um, how do I for how do I know what to order? We do have a par list. I have okay. a, a product uh, list that I go down the thing, and you know I see what I have. How much shrimp do I have? I know mm-hmm. my next truck's coming Monday, so I'm ordering Wednesday for Thursday. Then we get a truck on Monday, so I kind of just judge it. You know, I can probably go with, and this is crazy. I can go within a hundred bucks of what this place is going to do per day. Really? Yeah, unless we have a crazy holiday day or there's a lot of like last Saturday was ridiculous. It was probably my busiest Saturday in couple three months yeah. in july i mean i haven't had a summer like this in eight years so i think there's a lot of new people moving to the area yeah grumman good, good. shout out to grumman but they just hired a couple thousand people yeah so we get a lot of new faces in here too so yeah that really helps us just today one of the servers told me man i had like you know four tables and never been here so i love that too 
Yeah. When you get new people in here. I love that. So that throws a little, you know, kink in the ordering. But yeah, it sounds like your process, okay. your process for prep is stretches the whole way. The whole way. Right? The whole way. And you know what? If we do run out of something, it's not so much embarrassing. I actually put it on the menu. If we run out of something, I'm not sure how it's worded, but we can... Um, you know, we can substitute anything for anything, something like that. I'm not, I don't have a menu in front of me, so running out of something is not that bad. Running out of that something means that we're turning the food over, and guess what? You're eating fresh, fresh, fresh food. Yeah. Nothing's hanging around here. So it's not that we run out of stuff, because we, we rarely do, but if we do, it's not a taboo. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. So you're pretty, you get, you have to get a little creative. You have to be creative. You have to watch your, your ordering. You have to watch your food pause. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yes, you, you do. You really do. And you can't, you know, the worst thing in the restaurant business is, is not rotating properly. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, we lose something. Mm-hmm. When you throw something away, it's not that, okay, it costs you $3. I'm looking at what I could have sold it to the customer. Yeah, the opportunity lost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that doesn't happen a lot here, but I'm not telling you it has not happened in eight years. It's a restaurant. It has. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't serve it, you can't serve it. It was lost in the shuffle there. You discard it. That's what happens. Yeah. So, but for the most part, we don't do that. We serve fresh food. We have a good clientele. We stay busy. And it comes in and goes out, buddy, twice a week. Um, How do you ordering. keep your staff engaged on that? Because, I mean, you know, even the prepping, things like that, even though sta- it does kind of lead back to staffing, How, what, do, what do you do to keep them in that mindset, enthusiastic about that, like, you know, I mean, we you're telling them they have to do work extra, you know, a little yeah. a little bit of prep work, which we all know, especially back there, they want to be on the fly going, you know, right. let me so, just handle it when it comes in. So, number one, I have good people. Number okay. two, they get it. Okay. We have a list, we have a par list, we have a prep list, so mm-hmm. if, if there's one there and the par is three, we need two. So, it's, it's pretty simple. They look at the list, oh, I got one bucket of onions, but we need three going into the weekend, so we're going to make two. Just okay. an example. Okay. I keep them motivated. I have meetings every, uh, probably every other week. Okay. Maybe, maybe twice a month. Yeah. If that, you know, sometimes once a month if we're busy. So, I try to motivate them, keep them motivated. It gets very warm in the kitchen this time of the year, so you got to keep them motivated. Yeah. And, you know, we throw them a bone once in a while, you know, so whether So, you it's have regular staff meetings, though. Oh, absolutely. With the front and the back. Yeah. So with the kitchen and then the you know the service up front, so it's 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 a full time thing, Dave. So were you yeah were you when you were starting off and now like were you more front of house friendly or back of house friendly? Um, you probably when, the you, front, when you were working in the business. Yeah, were you more probably front probably front, probably a little too friendly. You know, yeah, need, need to be a little bit more of a boss. Yeah, you know, that's one of my big issues. You know, I am a little bit too friendly, but. You know, if it if it if it does come to me and there's an issue that comes to me, then you know I'll put the foot down and I'll I'll play that owner. It has to be you know maybe a jerk sometimes, but you have to do that. You can't be friendly all the time. You know yeah. what do you oh, doing? I, listen, I you get know. It. So I, I it's just it it's a constant grind. You know, you've been in at a restaurant. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and and the number one thing I would have to say is your people, is your team, is your help. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when and I have good people here and I treat my people good, but you know. You lose somebody, it's it's terrible because you know. Then you got to go out and get somebody. Do you mm-hmm. have experience? It's just the restaurant business is very tough. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being honest. Listen, you know, there's there's pluses in this too, but that's the negative. You'll see. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna ask you like what advice you would give to people. My number one most common answer to that is don't do it. Right. Absolutely. But we're we're gonna go past that. And right. We'll figure out. Right. So, what's something that you know you worried about here? In the very beginning, you sure. were like, you were like, oh man, like I think that this is going to be something I really need to worry about and focus in on. And now, eight years later, you're like, man, I should have never worried about that. I wasn't worried. Well, 
I did worry about it, and a lot of it was financial. Okay. Because as you know, opening a new business, you really don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, is this going to break? Is that going to break? Mm-hmm. So my advice to somebody besides don't do it, <laughs> and if you do do it, yeah, just make sure that you have the resources and the um, capital to go through this because you're not going to open a business with you know a few thousand dollars in the bank yeah you know because like i said make sure you can take care of payroll for for you know six months okay if a refrigerator breaks your ac breaks i mean you have to have my advice to somebody is if you're gonna open a place like mine you better have forty fifty thousand dollars in the bank that is just there yeah just because constantly. the worst thing you can do, besides saying, hey, don't do it, because, Dave, if you want to open a restaurant and you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do or anybody else and any restaurant guy will tell you this is open short. And when I say open short, open up with not, with not enough capital. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's the advice I would give to somebody. Besides, hey, don't do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're passionate about it and you cooked your whole life and you really want to do it and you've got a great location, just don't open up short. Have your, you know, Budget accordingly. Dot your I's, cross your T's, have everything going. It's so hard, though, for, you know, I, so, and, and especially in the restaurant space, I watched, and there's two types of owners, right? There's the, the business-minded, and then there's the artistic-minded. So I watched chefs open up a restaurant, could do magic with food, right? But not but so much the, magic with a checkbook. Oh, my gosh. I've seen that, too. They're, you know, they're, they're bad they're bad at the business yeah. side of things. But, but their talents in the kitchen are second yeah. to none. I've seen that too. Yeah. And that's why you got to be on both ends. And, and if not, you better have a company or a bookkeeper or whatever. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to do both ends. I'm not I'm not lying there. It's very hard to do both ends. Yeah. You could be able, you could be the business side and be able to hop back on the line. And sure. And that's, that's kind of all trades back there. Right. And that's what I am. But I'd rather be greeting the customers. Hey, how's everything? Hey, Dave, how was your sandwich? Instead of being back on the line. But if I have to, I mm-hmm. will. Um but, you know, I'd rather be the front guy and, and greeting my customer. Why? Because I just think people like that. I think people like to see the owner on the floor. Hey, how the food come out? How's everything? I mean, this is a little mom and papa. They know I'm the owner. It's not like yeah. there's a manager coming out from a steakhouse dressed in a suit. I dress like this every day. <laughs> they know who I am with right? my bald head. They know. <laughs> they know. So people appreciate You're recognizable it. in yes. that space. And, and yep. people appreciate that. You know, hey, hey, took the time to come out and say, hey, how the food go? You know, I like to know customers' names. I try to remember the best I can. Mm-hmm. You know, because people love that. It's like personal. Anybody can, you can stay at your house and you can make a BLT. You don't have to drive here for a BLT or two eggs or whatever or Captain Crunch French toast. So I tell my staff all the time, when people come in here, make them feel at home. Make them, you know, be friendly. And we get a lot of compliments with our staff, with our, with our, uh, with our servers. So, you know, I meeting a lot of business owners, a lot of restaurant owners say they want that, right? But you're one of the few that can actually accomplish it, right? Which is why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. Absolutely, I, I, I see, appreciate it. I see what you're doing. I read your review. I, I met your staff, right? right. Talked to you for a few weeks. Sure. Although you're a Yankees fan, that's, you know, whatever. That's all right. Well, it's going to be a fight to the finish, but this is not a baseball podcast, so Sorry. let's continue. Okay, all right. So <laughs> what do you do with your frontline staff? Like, how do you keep that culture? How do you keep, how do you you keep know, that culture? Because well, we talked about the back end. Now let's talk about the front end and what front, you do. The front's amazing. There's not a lot of turnaround, you know. There's not a lot of turnover here. There's going to be a lot of people hate you. Listen, it's really weird. I have servers here that opened this place with me, two of them. And then I have two other servers that's been here in the first couple years of this place. So the turnover here, especially up front, in the front of the house, 
It's fantastic. It's a great place to work. They do well. They have their own customers. You know, customers treat them good. They have a lot of regulars, and they love it. You know, I, I will say that my front of the house loves coming to work. I will say that. And everybody has their issues. Yeah. You might have a bad day, yeah. this and that. Leave it at the door. They try their hardest. But, you know, but for the most part, the front of my house, and the back of my house too. I'm not doting the front, but the front of my house, they're, you know, they deal with the public. They deal with the face when the face walks in. And that's important. You know, they're greeting the customer. The guy behind the wall in the kitchen is not, which is not a bad thing. I mean, they're still good. They're still talented back there. They're serving the food. But for a customer to come in, hey, how are you? How many today? That's mm-hmm. a big thing. They're my front. If I'm not here, they're my front. So, so give me a training tidbit. Um, some if, if I was coming in and I was working for you, right, how would you start to train me? How would you develop? Front or back? Front. We're, let's talk about the front because what I'm, what I'm starting to notice in more and more restaurants that are successful, not the not the everyday mom, not the everyday ones, right? Mm-hmm. The mom and pops that are struggling, failing, complaining. Sure. The ones that are successful are allowing their staff and putting their staff out there to be that type of you know front facing, customer friendly type thing, right? So what? So what can we? What do you do during training or during the hiring process? Or give me one little thing that you're doing that allows you to make that. I interview them. I check their background and I talk to them. And then I have them come on the floor and follow one of my veterans, like I said, who opened the floor with me. So that's what we call shadowing in the business. Uh They'll shadow them. They'll go to tables. And I'll talk to my server. Hey, how did he or she do? Blah, 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 blah. And we just go from there. And we've, I've, we've been very lucky with the with the front of the house. Very. So lucky. you involve your whole staff in the process. Yes. You interview. Once they get through you, then they got to go through the staff. Yes. They'll follow a couple servers before and the they servers get, on the floor. get input. Oh, absolutely. And we'll make sure that you know they know how to do the POS system. And it's you know that's not normal. Well, it's normal for me. And it that's works what I'm saying. Me. That's what I'm saying. That's a, Whenever, that's a really you know, good process. Right. I love and that it, tip. And it, and it works. And it works in a little mama papa. You know, I'm not going to tell you it's going to work in a corporate place. They have yeah. their own their own rules. Whatever. But it works for me. Yeah. And if it works for me in this, this business, is hard enough. And if it works for me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fix it. It's not broken. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. You stay, you stay within yourself, right? You yep. know if it's working for you, you just do it. Yep. Tell me about a time you were scared. In these eight years, you were scared like, oh, boy. Not well, necessarily financially. Maybe it could be a time where you were just wearing down. Maybe it could be a time that something happened. Give me time you were scared and how you fought through it. Well, it's not. It's pretty recent. It was last September when the hurricane came through here. Ooh. Yeah, because not to get into insurance policies, but my policy, I was told, didn't cover anything because it wasn't a name storm, name name their wind policy or something like that. So whatever. You know, so I was scared because we didn't. Um, we probably our our sales were down. This is this is no lie. The month of September, I was probably sixty five percent down of what we normally do. So that hurts. So I had to take yeah. a lot of. I took some of my own money to keep it going. You know, it's a scary thing. We take money out of your retirement to keep your business going. Yeah. You know. So yes, eventually I will pay that back. But yes, I took money out of my retirement. And any restaurant guy knows your retirement. <laughs> it's not like you have a four hundred one k and your company's matching. It's just you. Yeah. So yeah. whatever you can save and put in there when you're 59 and a half or whatever, and you can mm-hmm. take out, if, if that day ever comes for me, I'll probably be in the restaurant business till I'm 75 if I'm healthy. But, you know. You won't be able to stop doing it because you'd be bored out of your no, mind. but that's very scary. That, that was yeah. a very scary moment in here, and it was pretty recent. How did you mentally get through that? You know, 
I just took deep breaths and it is what it is. I can't do nothing about it. It's an act of God and it happened and we're throwing away food because we lost electricity for a week and you know, I was going home. I mean, that's why I have no hair to this day. I, to this day, Dave, I pulled it all out. So how did I get through that? Mentally, yeah. just kept saying to myself, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't control it. Let's just grind. Let's just grind. Let's keep going. Our customers are coming back. Everybody's mm-hmm. going through the same thing. I mean, the, the town was shut. Palm Shores was shut down for for 10 days. I mean, the, yeah. the, the mayor place, the mayor house here next to me where the mayor sits, I mean, they, were, they had to move. They were full of water and stuff like that. So, wow. you know, a very scary situation. That is. And All right, so let's talk positive, right? I want your most memorable moment, like uh, a magical thing. It could be how you impacted a family member of yours, how you, a staff or a guest or something like that. Give me a memorable moment that happened here that you are fond of. Again, very recent. Okay. I, uh, I had two graduates, my daughter and my son. My daughter graduated University of Florida. My son graduated local here, Vieira High School, and, and uh, went to the Air Force Academy on a baseball scholarship. Yep. So that's where he is now. So a memorable moment for me and the family is, is uh, we had a kind of like a dual party for them yeah. in the restaurant. We closed it down. We did a baseball theme for Jordan. Um, you know, we did a, a theme for Morgan. And it was, you know, it was nice. A lot of kind of open house. So a lot of friends, family just kind of came in and... You know, browsed around and hey, tasted the food, and you saw so, some customers come through, like long term. Yeah, customers that know my kids, mm-hmm. so they were more than welcome to come in. But we weren't really open for the public. But you know, we let them come in, and hey, congratulations! So that was a very memorable moment for me. Yeah, and because in this business and the being in the restaurant business allowed you to absolutely be able to pay for college, right? Ever, oh, it, it's it's done everything. So you know, thank God for that. Well, right? we didn't have to pay for Jordan with the Air Force, so. <laughs> He did good. And Morgan, you had to get him through baseball. We did. And Morgan did great, too. I mean, she had a lot of, um, you know, um, what am I looking for? The word um, scholarship for mm-hmm. University of Florida. So she did very well herself. So they the same work ethic as you. Yes. Right? The restaurant yes. the restaurant work ethic. Right. You just name it that. That's where you put in 900 hours a week Absolutely. instead of 40. And if I'm mentioning two of my children, I must mention Michael. He's my mm-hmm. 17-year-old. He's finishing up high school, so we'll see how the path goes for Michael. He's got a pretty high They're all good there. kids. They're all good kids. Right? You have to say that. It's a podcast. Yeah, um, so, all right. So, what's the next evolution for you know, Palm Shore Bistro here? What's the next evolution? What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm trying to build onto the building. Okay. I'm, in, I'm currently trying to buy the building now. Okay. So we're in, we're dealing with banks and stuff like that. And then what I want to do is I want to extend that deck. I want to build a new deck, extend it out about mm-hmm. 20 feet cover it, close it, and put a bar in there. So that's kind of what I'm concentrating on now. You know, fans and and maybe not so much air conditioning, but fans, maybe some misters, but close it in. So what nice steps do you have to do? Like, other than the banks and things like that, what is that going to do to the dynamic of the restaurant? I think it's going to make it better. I mean, i got to get with the state, and I, I have to check the licenses and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but the dynamic of the restaurant is definitely going to add on to the building. It's going to make it more valuable. It's going to it's, it's going to be more profitable. I think the customers that come here are going to love it. You have because more seats. Yeah. You have more seats. And let's face it, Dave, build a bar and they will come. <laughs> True, right? <laughs> Especially when you're by the water. Exactly. Especially when you're by the water. Exactly. I'm from so, Lauderdale. Right, like, so you know all the, about the that. The beach. Shooters yeah. and all that, right? Oh, my gosh, right? So, yeah. That's kind of the next evolution. Will you have that's to add on, like, more to the kitchen, or, like, will you be able to stack? up or will they be able to handle that? I think they'll be able to handle it and if not we can look at that and see if we can add on. I don't know how yeah. I have to have an architect draw all this so that's kind of in the mix now. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. F- yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, but That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I leave the house early. I come. I leave the house when it's dark. I come home when it's dark. 
any other advice, anything else you want to tell? Because there's business owners listening to this that you know might be going through a few things, or you know, they're, I don't they're, mean listen for something. What kind of advice would you give to just the business in general? I would say love what you do. Number one, mm-hmm. have a passion for it. Wake up wanting to come to work. You know, you're going to have problems, whether it's employees or financial and stuff like that, and just deal with it. There's nothing you can do about it, so just deal with it. You know, talk to your people. Um, financially, you either have it or you don't have it, so that's why businesses fail. But just have, I think, to, to end that question, just have a very positive attitude. That's exactly And it. that's it. If you're positive, you're going to be okay. Have a positive attitude. Yeah. If you come in with a with 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 a terrible attitude and I don't want to do this, I can't stand it. You know, this guy's complaining about his hamburger and stuff like that. It's not going to work. Yeah. Just be very positive, and that's how I'm going to answer that question. That's a that is the best answer. I don't mean to get financially on you, but just look. You're fine. Just be very positive. Positive. You know, money helps in, in this in, in this business. Any kind of cushion helps in your account. We could both do more with more money. Absolutely. Right. But you know what? But attitude and positive. And we wake up looking oh, yeah. forward to help people. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. How can you put a smile on this customer's face when he walks that's in? That's it. If you if you ask yourself that, and you have that proper attitude, that's what I'm going to tell every business owner that's listening to this podcast. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a great nugget. That's a great nugget. Thank you. I think my it man, is too. I really appreciate your time, and I, I appreciate you, got, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything you do, go Cubs. Go Cubs. That's my, bro- that's my brother's <laughs> hometown team. I know it is. Brother. Actually, they're starting to steam up a little bit, Listen, right? Listen, I was rooting for Swarber so hard. In yeah, me too. Derby. Me yeah. too. He yep. gave him up short by one, right? All right, my man. Yep. Well, thank you, you so much. You have a great day. Yep. Thank Thanks, you so brother. much. You're welcome. Later. The Robert Nichols Insurance Group works for you and not the insurance carrier. With over 100 carriers to choose from, we take great pride in making sure you get the best coverage at the best rate. We celebrate in taking the burden off your plate so you can concentrate on what matters most to you. Auto, home, life, health, and of course, businesses insurance. Give Robert Nichols Insurance Group a call today at 561-406-6153. Stop wondering if you've everything covered with five-star reviews pouring in every day about our service and our savings. Call the Robert Nichols Insurance Group, 561-406-6153.